and Aaron and I and, and you two have worked with some really high level athletes and when you hear about some of the stuff they have in their athletic training rooms you're like what I want to get in there I want to try some of the cool things that these elite players have access to um, and so what Aaron and I did is we just basically said we why, why don't we do that? Why don't we create a place that's kind of a mixture between an athletic training room and a, a spa? So it's, it's not like the smells and the scenes from the training room, but it's also not quite the, the pampering and um, the earthiness that you might have in a spa. It's a place where you can go, you hang out, but you know you're going to come into a clean, sweet environment and then have access to these tools that really only the elite had access to. It's not just athletes that have performance demands and performance stressors. And while I can do movement assessment on an athlete, um, you know, there, there, there are ways to have conversations with business professionals or moms and dads and figure out, you know, which aspect of your life seems out of balance? Is it your stress levels? Is it that you're not sleeping well? Because either of those things are going to make or break your ability to be the, the best parent that you, you'd like to be. You know, if you're feeling tired and stressed out, then, you know, perhaps you're, you're not able to engage with your kid as much. So we realize there's a huge market, a huge gap out there for everybody that wants to make the most out of uh, the way they live, the work, the way they work, and the way they play. And that's, that's why we created Recover. Those voices you just heard were Rick Ritchie and Aaron Drogo, partners and co-founders of the Recover Studio in New York. I'm Pete McCall, and welcome to episode 135 of All About Fitness. On this episode, Aaron, Rick, and I talk about the need for recovery. Now, we just met Aaron and Rick a couple episodes ago, where I played, they interviewed me for their Omnia Fitness podcast, and so I returned the favor and interviewed them, and even when they interviewed me, I hit record and, and posted that interview a few, you know, a, a few episodes ago, so you could hear the conversation. But for the conversation that we have today, I specifically wanted to ask Rick and Aaron, why did they start a studio that focused on recovery? And now here's the interesting thing. For a little side note, Rick and I have known each other for years. Known each other for years, but we've worked for opposite teams. You know, years ago, Rick and I worked for the same company. We, we both taught the NASM, the National Academy of Sports and Medicine, certification together. I went on and he, we, we both went on in our careers. I ended up working for the American Council on Exercise, which is the main competitor. ACE is the main competitor for NASM. But even though I was with ACE and Rick was with NASM, we maintained our friendship. And I have an utmost respect for people at NASM. And, and actually, I work for both organizations. I do some writing for the American Council on Exercise, and I do some online grading and some online class management for NASM. So I work with both. But the reason why I'm saying this is in our country today, and this is not a political podcast, it is not, but our country is divided because people won't take the time and listen or get to know people with different thoughts. Rick and I have maintained our friendship despite working for competitors, despite being working with competitive organizations. I really value my friendship with Rick, and you'll hear that today in our conversation. So I want to make that note that basically we're all the same. We may have a few different ideas about how things should be done, and I'm talking about fitness. I'm not talking about anything else, but we all have, we, we basically are all the same. We're trying to use exercise and fitness to get better. We used to have a few different ideas of how things might be done. But one of the things I want you to hear today is the respect and admiration that Rick and I have for each other, even though we've worked for competitive organizations. What Rick and Aaron are doing in recovery is amazing. They have the first consumer studio focused only on recovery, especially in a high-intensity market like Manhattan. That's a big deal. 
listen to the afterwards of the podcast. After the podcast is over, I'm going to share some information on recovery that can help you with your fitness plan. After a brief word from the sponsors of All About Fitness, which is TerraCore Fitness and Hyperware, the maker of sand bells and soft bells, it's really a lot of fun to sit down with Rick Ritchie and Aaron Drogo, the owners of the Recover Studio in New York City. Looking for some great fitness equipment that you can use in your home that doesn't take up much space but provides a ton of great options for exercise? Look no further than hyperware.com. Hyperware is a maker of sand bells and soft bells. Sand bells provide the best of both medicine balls and sandbags combined. Sand bells are easy to use, they're convenient to store, and provide a wide variety of training modalities. I actually featured sand bells in my new book, Smarter Workouts. The exercise of science made simple. They'll be coming out later this fall. Go to hyperware.com. That's www.hyperware.com. Use code AAF10 to save 10% on a purchase of Hyperware products for your use. The TerraCore was recently identified by Men's Health Magazine as one of the top 25 products you should have in your home. If you like working out at home or if you need some fitness equipment so you have an option to get a great workout on those days you can't make it to the gym, go to TerraCoreFitness.com and use code AAF10 to save 10% on the purchase of a TerraCore for your own home use. I'm Pete McCall, the host of All About Fitness. Now it's my turn. I am hosting or I am speaking with Rick and Aaron from the Omnia Fitness Podcast. Good morning, guys. How are you guys doing today? Hey, what's going on, Pete McCall? Good morning, Mr. Pete McCall. Thanks for having us. No, sure. Thanks, guys. Um, it was funny. I'm just I'm in the process of uh, getting ready to, to put up our our last conversation, which was on your podcast. And now I want to say thank you for uh, for your hospitality by returning the favor. Let's just start with this. What is the biggest What's the biggest change? You guys are both in Manhattan. How does the change of seasons affect people's? Because uh, we're now almost in the winter phases, which in San Diego means that all the kids are wearing long sleeve shirts with their shorts. But in, in New York, it means something a little bit different. How does the, the change of seasons, the change of weather, how does that affect people's fitness habits? Um, I'll, I'll step in on the, on the first thing. So, you know, as somebody who's who's worked in fitness for, for a little over 20 years, um, I have a slightly different perspective now that Rick and I own Recover here in New York City. Uh, you know, we, we focus a lot on, you know, I still train people all the time, but we focus on all the supporting aspects, the, the recovery from, from when you break your body down in the gym. And um, I think that the biggest thing that slows people's fitness down isn't, uh, you know, the seasons outright and the changing of the weather, but, you know, the the sidecar of social obligations uh, attached. You know, so in the summertime, uh, you know, people already have their beach bodies, and that's coupled with, well, now I have a barbecue, I need to go show it off at. And then here, I don't think it's, you know, I'd like to think New Yorkers are tough. That's what we're known for. You know, I don't think it's so much that the, the snow is starting to fall. People don't want to stretch through the cold weather. It's all the holiday parties. So, um, but what's been funny for me to see, you know, going back to what I said as far as now focusing more on the recovery side, Rick and I opened Recover March 5th of 2018, so there's a lot of first dubs for us. You know, the first uh, summer season, we're going to the first holiday season, and we assumed that in August, because it gets blistering hot here, 
know, and I think that this supports what I was saying, that it's not so much the weather, it's, it's the social obligations attached. We, we thought that our infrared saunas, we have two of them, we thought that they were going to collect cobwebs all August long. Um, and ironically enough, I think it was our biggest month for sales. Uh, an infrared sauna, which which doesn't make any sense because you think it's you know a hundred plus degrees for <laughs> a week to ten days straight, and people are are escaping the heat to get into the heat. You know, it doesn't. Well, let, me, let me ask you. Let me ask you this question: Since you're mentioning that, you guys are in Manhattan, and if they're going into infrared sauna, do you have somebody urinate in the corner so it smells like a Manhattan street just to give people the full effect? I mean, is that I a, is that I, something I that you guys part. offer? It's an upsell. It's an upsell. <laughs> To me, you know, when we talk about Manhattan heat, the image that comes to mind is walk around the city in, in the midst of summer and, and just the smells, ugh, the olfactory. So I totally get that. That's fascinating that you guys, your infrared sauna was, was busier during August. You, do you have any thought why? I mean, why do you think that, that may have been the case? Well, Bye, Rick. Yeah, it's just, I, I think if people come in and they, they don't feel like... Um, like they can be in the sun, right? So you can be outside and it's hot, but but we've we've been kind of drilled with the dangers of the sun, the dangers of the sun. So I'm not entirely sure that people look at it and say, I, I, I don't want to leave one hot place and go to another hot place. I think they're going into the infrared sun and saying, I still need the benefit of the full spectrum of infrared light without all the other stuff like the UV lights that I'd be getting while outside. So, you know, and, and also I think when you choose to be hot, it always feels different than when you have to be hot. So these folks are, are choosing to, and, and let's be honest also, if you've ever been in a place like, particularly think about like Las Vegas where you go outside and it's 120 degrees, but if you're inside, it's, it feels like 60 degrees in there, even colder. So when you go outside for the first five minutes and 120 degrees, it feels amazing. So, you know, that, that moment, that shift from the cold uh, AC blasting in every single place you go to, to a place where you're going in, you're peeling down clothes, getting in the light, and receiving all the health benefits you're going to get from the infrared light by choice. And to piggyback on that, you know, there, we often explain to people that come in to recover the, the biggest difference between a regular sauna and infrared sauna, uh, specifically being that the heat is a byproduct of the light. So, you know, one of the other, I guess you can call it a drawback to being in New York City, because you're constantly surrounded by, uh, you know, skyscrapers and really tall buildings, it might be blistering hot outside, but you're still not getting any of the healing benefits of the sun, for even for people that aren't afraid, you know, to catch some, some of that light. So it's, uh, you know, when you're walking around, it might be a lose-lose and that it's hot, but you're not getting any of the, the benefits, but you step outside, come in, get the, the full spectrum infrared without the UV and, and not to mention we have, we have Netflix in our sauna, so. You have Netflix in the sauna? Oh yeah, we don't oh, yeah. mess around. We don't mess around. Dude, that is, that's pretty crazy. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, why don't you guys, why, you know, you guys, one reason why I want to speak with you guys, a couple reasons I'll go into, but one of it is for listeners, you guys were one of the first people in the country and the first the first two in Manhattan to open up a studio focused specifically on Recover, or that's the name of your studio is Recover, but why did you open the first studio that focused specifically on recovery? I mean, why was, what was the thought process and how, what's been your experience in the, in the number of months you've been open? 
Well, I want to first of all say uh, a, a thank you to you, which we probably don't even know about, but you actually helped us a little bit in this process because you had written an article, and in your article you mentioned trends uh, for 2018. Now, we started this process a little over halfway um, into 2017, and we're trying to get investors. And as we're getting investors, people are saying, do you have a proof of concept? And we're saying, no, not not really. I mean, there's an infrared place over there, and there's a cryo place over there, and there's this is here, but you don't have a place like ours that bring everything together, especially the the bringing together of the the physical, the body stuff, and then the mental clarity stuff and the cognitive stuff that we bring to it. Um, and so when you had written the article and you said, you know, like number whatever three on the list of trends to watch for in 2018 uh, was going to be recovery. And boy, did we have a hard time getting investors. And we took that within our industry. And this was an industry um, magazine it was in. And we showed it to every investor we could find, everybody we could find. So, dude, thank you very much for that. We really appreciate that. And we looked it. Um, but, but we did it because we understand that there are a lot of cool things that, say for instance, athletes have access to. And Aaron and I and, and you two have worked with some really high-level athletes. And when you hear about some of the stuff they have in their athletic training rooms, you're like, what? I want to get in there. I want to try some of the cool things that these elite players have access to. Um, and so what Aaron and I did is we just basically said, we, why, why don't we do that? Why don't we create a place that's kind of a mixture between an athletic training room and a, a spa? So it's, it's not like the smells and the scenes from the training room, but it's also not quite the, the pampering and um, the earthiness that you might have in a spa. It's a place where you can go, you hang out, but you know you're going to come into a clean, sweet environment and then have access to these tools that really only the elite had access to. And to, to take it a step further, Pete, you know, so Rick had mentioned the concept was, was first, you know, later into 2017, but, you know, we can look back years before that. Uh, both Rick and I as personal trainers and both Rick and I as educators um, spend the vast majority of our time, you know, if you drew a Venn diagram between corrective exercise and performance enhancement, I mean, that's the way I look and I've always looked at the human body is start with assessment where are your inefficiencies you know, those inefficiencies and, or movement inefficiencies really, uh, you know, indicators of, of faulty movements. The first thing I'm going to do with you is, is try to recreate balance, you know, and, and once, once your body is, move, is moving in more of a balanced state, performance outcomes start to increase. And then we, we took another step back and we said, you know what, it's, it's not just athletes that have performance demands and performance stressors. And while I can do movement assessment on an athlete, um, you know, there, there, there are ways to have conversations with business professionals or moms and dads and figure out, you know, which aspect of your life seems out of balance. Is it your stress levels? Is it that you're not sleeping well? Because either of those things are going to make or break your ability to be the, the best parent that you, you'd like to be. You know, if you're feeling tired and stressed out, then, you know, perhaps you're, you're not able to engage with your kid as much. So we realize there's a huge market, a huge gap out there for everybody that wants to make the most out of uh, the way they live, the work, the way they work, and the way they play. And that's, that's why we created Recover. 
Well, guys, first of all, thank you very much for that, that feedback, Rick. I mean, I, that is very, I mean, it's a huge honor to hear that. You know, and, and when you write stuff sometimes, and I just, I just turned in my, uh, I turned in my what's going to be hot list for 2019, that, that blog the other day, so that's going to be posted soon. When you write stuff sometimes, you don't know if people read it. And so to hear that people read it and that you're using it that way to help you start a business is very, I mean, honestly, it's very fulfilling. I, I appreciate that. And I'll look for my royalty check in the next, what, two weeks? <laughs> <laughs> no, the most important thing, no, the most important thing to me is that you use that information and you did something about it. You did something with it and you applied it. And you're right, because we've been seeing for years that elite athletes have access to this. And I've been doing a session, I've been teaching a workshop for since about 11 or 12 um, on recovery, the forgotten, you know, the forgotten exercise variable. You know, what are we doing? Because everything was all high intensity. It's like, what are we doing after the workout? You know, it is funny that one of the first times I heard it, I'll ask a question on this. One of the first times I heard about a cryo chamber was with a guy. He had been the head of strength and conditioning for Chelsea Football, the uh, premiership uh, mm-hmm. football club over in London. And he came over to the, the Knicks a few years ago. This may be 2013 or 2014. We had dinner with mutual friends. And he was the head of strength and conditioning with the Knicks. And I'm not sure if he's still there anymore. But it was the first time I'd heard about cryo chambers. And it was the first, he had installed two cryo chambers in the Knicks locker room to help. Do you know what his name is? British guy. Obviously British guy because he's from British the UK. Guy, yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm trying to think know. if we... If he's come through recover, we're about a block south from Madison Square Garden, so uh, yeah, I'm mean, trying to see if uh, he's come through our doors before. Dude, with as much, I don't follow basketball that closely, but from what I know about right. the Knicks franchise, I doubt almost anybody was there in 2013, unless they're senior operations. I doubt they Yeah. They get bows pretty quickly. But how has the market responded? I mean, how do people, how do people react when you go, wait, your studio does what? Um, well, I'll up on this quickly. So, you know, we, we Rick and I have indicated that we, we do both at this facility. So we, we do have a private training studio in the back. Um, and we built that because we were marginally terrified that it, it may not work because nothing, nothing like this had existed before. You know, everything was myopic and, and really just um, technology-based as far as, you know, having an infrared sauna or a cryo. Uh, so we weren't sure. Um, and, you know, very fortunately for us, and, and going back to what I was saying, we, we built the personal training studio to make sure that we got the bills paid. I know that I've got clients coming through, um, but fortunately for us, we've been operationally in the black since month one, and we've grown every month since then. So, you know, there, there was one month where we, we dropped it down just a little bit, but basically month by month, we're, we're, we're continuing to grow. So I think, you know, the, the, the people are answering. There, there's an answer out there. The athletes are always going to seek out what's, you know, what's new or what's hot so that they can get better outcomes, but... You know, I, I really, you know, looking at the people and the demographics that walk through our doors, there's tons of athletes, but, you know, at least 55% um, are the non-athletes, the demographic I was talking about, the, you know, the, the, the regular 9-to-5 business worker, the mom or the dad, you know, they have a home and they have an answer now and they have, you know, the means to create that balance in their life so that they can enjoy what they do more. So, you know, I think the, the proof is in the numbers that, you know, we, we're continuing to grow. But, you know, just having conversations with people, you know, we haven't gotten a lukewarm response really since since we've opened. Oh, let me ask you this. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, let me ask you say, like, our elevator pitch kind of changes from time to time because it's so difficult to comprehend what exactly we are. You know what I mean? So, 
like sometimes we'll we'll talk about obviously recovery, but but you you're kind of trying to figure out why are they asking? What is it that they might need? And I can cater my answer closer to them. Uh, but so just as an overarching theme, we're a stress management facility, and those stresses could be either physical or cognitive, uh, mental stresses that people have, and we have modalities that help support in any way, whichever one you're looking at. And that's actually written, written the, there's a large neon sign right smack in the middle of our facility that says, how do you recover, with a question mark. Um, because for, for different people, recover in different ways. They have different performance stressors, but let's even focus on the athlete. Nobody is strictly an athlete from the minute they get up until the minute they go to bed. They have other variables in their life that they would like to get the best outcomes or at least enjoy the most. You know, so on different days, you might have different, different demands. One day you might want to, you know, mitigate the inflammation in your legs and the next, next day might be to, to catch up on sleep or improve cognition. So, you know, that question, how do you recover applies to, to different demographics, but even going back to what Rick was saying, to the individual, you know, what can we do for you today? Not, not, what tools do we have? It's, it's how can we help you? What's going on in your life? And then let's pair the technology to that stress. Well, and that's and what I like what you guys are saying, and, and this is absolutely right on. And for listeners, I've written a couple of articles and blogs on this topic. I'll post one or two of them below. Um, you know, what I like about this is you're saying, both of you are saying that exercise is stress. And one of the questions I want to ask, Rick, Drogo, you're from northern New Jersey, right? Uh, I'm from Syracuse originally. I live in Westchester now. Okay, okay. So, in Syracuse. so what was it? Because in my mind, when I think of New York City, when I think of Manhattan, you know, and, and Rick and I, we used to work together years ago. I'd come in from Manhattan maybe 20, maybe from two days to three days, 48 to 30, 72 hours. To me, Manhattan is a fascinating plus place, but it's a ball of stress. It is just nonstop stress. So what was your guys' first reaction as young men when you got to the city of New York City and just the overall, just the energy, the kineticness, because I think people need a studio just to recover from that, let alone whether they're doing any exercise, but just to get off like the 11 million people and like on a potion stamp, just to give themselves a little bit of space and a little bit of just, you know, downsizing. I mean, do you think that's a benefit of what you guys offer? Oh, people walk in the door and they find out we have, uh, we have one of these modalities that through a series of uh, physics and uh, neuroscience, they can, uh, we can allow for about 20 to 30, uh, two to three hours of restorative sleep in a 20 to 30 minute session. And so when people find out about that, they go nuts. It's actually one of our, our largest um, um, service offerings that people take advantage of. It's called New Calm. And, and people walk in the door, even media, they walk in the door and they're like, tell me about the sleep thing and then tell me about whatever else you've got. Tell me about the thing that's going to minimize my stress and then the other stuff. So that's where, as Aaron was talking about, maybe 55% of our people that come in aren't necessarily coming in because they did leg day or they're prepping or recovering from the New York City Marathon that we just recently had, uh, which we did a lot of great business. They're coming in because they went to work and they're stressed out. And, you know, stress is cumulative. You don't just have a stress, and then when another stress comes on, the previous stress pops out. So you build stress, and we have devices and means to mitigate both physical and psychological stresses. 
And going back to what you're saying, Pete, as far as the pacing, I mean, first and foremost, when I moved to New York, I was 18, so uh, I was okay with the chaos. <laughs> you know, 18 years old, that's, uh, you know, that that's kind of what, uh, that's kind of what you're... Joe Ben or just, just chaos is personified, yeah. right. Good good point, fair enough. Now, yeah. now that I'm 40, I mean, there's a reason why I moved out to Westchester is I needed to pump the brakes. You know, and it's not just the sensory overload of you know, having to navigate down the sidewalks and the thousands and thousands of people, you know, it's the pace as far as what people are looking to get out of their lives in New York City. People don't move to New York um, often for a casual nine-to-five job with the weekends off. I mean, they're they're constantly <laughs> yeah, pushing the envelope and pushing the pace to, you know, whether it's competition with yourself uh, to move up the corporate ladder or what have you. I mean, it, it's it is a go 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 environment, you know. So it's it, it's not just the the volume of people; it's the standard that that people are holding themselves to, and basically every single capacity. So, um, you know, it, it definitely can be a little bit much. And, and again, that that is definitely why we created the facility that we did. Is that that mentality exists on the gym floor? It exists in the office. It exists everywhere around here. When well, I first moved here, I walked everywhere. So I remember having shin splints, which is nothing, it's something I've never experienced until I moved to New York because I went from, you know, driving around in a car trying to find the closest parking spot at Walmart to walking five miles easily every day. And so for me, I would have been really helpful if I could have something that could, could help me recover, not just from the cognitive stresses that were going on, but even something as silly as, as walking around and building up that kind of stress in my, my like anterior compartment of my shin. Well, it was funny. You guys say that. And that's, you know, I, having lived on the East Coast for a number of years and grew up on the East Coast, I moved as far away from that atmosphere as possible. You know, living in D.C. and working in New York and Boston, you know, people are just, you mentioned it, you know, Aaron, is people are just pushing hard, whether they're pushing themselves or in a career. And it's all about your job, your job, your job. i got to work more. i got to work hard. That's why I live in northern North County, San Diego, man. I live, I'm in Encinitas where, you know, you go you go down to the beach in the morning and you'll see Mercedes all on the beach because the guys that drive the Mercedes are in the water surfing. You know, you get a different attitude out here of where you're absolutely right. People have that job where they have the weekends off. You know, here people don't care about being the best banker. They don't care about being, you know, the best attorney. They really, I mean, they just want to be able to make enough money to have a nice life and live three miles from the beach. And, yeah, hey, it's all good. It's such a different atmosphere. So that's one of the reasons why I wanted to move out here is just that, that you feel the energy difference. You feel the energy flow. Now, let's do the shift really a little bit. Let's talk about overtraining. What is overtraining? So we're talking a little bit about recovery, but why do we not have recovery? And what is overtraining, and, and why is that such a danger for even the recreational or just the, the um, casual exercise enthusiast? Well, overtraining. Sorry, go ahead, Aaron. I was going to say, I mean, all you have to do is, is look at the general adaptation syndrome. Um, you know, uh, unless the stress that, that, that you're placing upon the system is is mitigated, um, 
And, and you don't read some, let's just talk about, you know, before we get into the overtraining, let's just look at, at the goal for, for any training program, be it, uh, you know, to gain endurance, to gain strength, to gain, to gain power. I mean, that's done by stressing the system, the neuromuscular system on the training floor. Uh, now, those gains aren't made on the training floor. They're made when the environment for healing is created um, in bookends those sessions. So, you know, what you're doing before your training, what you're doing after so that the system, so that your body, your neurological system, your endocrine system have the capacity to heal from the stress that you placed upon it. So, you know, just going back to the general adaptation syndrome, if, if that stress is, is maintained, then that environment is not created. So at the very least, you know, you're, you're going to see a plateau. You're not going to see any gains. So, you know, and then the, the further end of the spectrum is, is if those stresses are increased, um, you know, then you have a chance to basically burn the system out. And then, you know, if we're looking at the adrenal system or if you're looking at overtaxing soft tissue, um, but I just think that going back to what you had said, and I don't know where this comes from, but um, I feel like there's sometimes a badge of honor, you know, on, on, on certain training floors and the ability to, you know, quote-unquote, push through it. So, you know, I, I thought that there was a, a glimpse of hope that the no pain, no gain philosophy was uh, going to become antiquated. But, you know, I don't know if it's with the birth of certain movements um, where now people feel that, you know, like I said, it's a badge of honor to be able to just push harder and, and fight through it. Um, but it would seem like with with that mentality, there there's going to be another rise in overtraining. Well, and there's a consequence to all of these actions, right? So when you go in and you're pushing hard, the consequences vary in nature, and you can have very good consequences, which we like to call results. Um, but overtraining, and when you talk about that specifically as a syndrome, you're going to notice decreased performance. And it's interesting because uh, you can look at overtraining as basically nature's periodization. Like, the injury and oftentimes can be looked at as nature's periodization. Now, you're not listening to your body. You're not listening to the rest. Then your body's going to start letting you know that you're overdoing it. And then there's the potential for energy that lets you know, yes, you did overdo it. That's, that's a good way to put it. And you're talking about something that, that we a lot of people overlook, especially in their youth. And, and you're hitting on it is that's where we get this mindset of training hard, going hard. We always need to be working hard. And it's just what we're talking about, about that lifestyle in New York of where I can always be training hard, always working a little bit harder. And you get these extremes. You know, Manhattan is one of those places where you get the gnarliest extremes of everything from finance to fashion and fitness. That's one of the reasons why I love the fact that you guys are doing well in New York because you're, you're kind of holding up a sign saying, <laughs> I'm going to go back in the day and go, stop the insanity. You know, who's that woman's name? Yeah. She's something or other. In the 90s, you, you guys need a shaved hair woman, you know, going, stop the insanity because you're almost, I mean, that's essentially what you're doing about let's bring the other aspect back because, yes, we can exercise for up to an hour or a little bit more or less a day, but with the other 23 hours that we have to manage, as you said, Aaron, we have to mitigate the stress we put on our body in that hour, and it's such a fine line to walk between doing too much and doing too little. Because I think a lot of people have that mistake of where they do too little in an exercise program. Um, and one thing I want to say for listeners, I'll have you guys comment on this, is we're making a lot of assumptions. You're hearing Aaron, right. Rick, and I kind of making a lot of assumptions about things. And sometimes, I don't know if you've noticed this, 
with some of your guests on your podcast is the more information, the more education they have, the less likely they are to make an assumption. They're not going to guess about anything. But we, the three of us, are using combined, I was thinking about this, we have more than 60 years of experience working in commercial fitness between the three of us. So we've seen a lot. We've watched a lot of behavior. Big box clubs, small studios. We know how people behave once they walk out off the street and into a gym. So that's, for listeners, that's what we're using. When we say this is what people want, we can't point to a study that quantifies, well, according to the survey or according to this thing, we just know from being in the trenches. I mean, how do you guys feel? Is that accurate? I mean, because you, you, you can quantify data, but you also know just what works. Well, you don't know what people's experiences are. You know, so some people are, are coming in saying, oh, I feel like I did my stresses uh, appropriately and that, uh, that I'm recovering appropriately. And, and you're not the one we're talking to. We're talking to the ones that came off the street and said, in order for me to get results, I have to do this. And they push themselves really hard and they get hurt and they don't show up to the gym for another year or two or ever. That's who we're talking about. We're trying to get people to understand that when you come in and push yourself too hard, or even as an elite-level athlete, pushing yourself too hard is always too hard. If you don't do enough but to, to get an actual physiological result, like let's say weight loss, that's okay because the first thing that you need to do is start creating patterns. And behavioral patterns that say show up and do it will turn into behavioral patterns that say show up, do it, and push yourself a little more. And then show up, do it, push yourself, recover so you can push yourself harder sooner until it becomes a lifestyle that people can get to. And whether or not they reach their weight loss goal or this, whatever their goals are, they've changed behaviors to lead a healthier, fitter life, which is going to provide a sense of pride uh, and we also know that there's just because you are skinny does not mean that you are healthy. And just because you're fat, you can still be fit. And research does show us that there is a benefit for people who are overweight and obese that exercise regularly that can mitigate much of the consequences of being overweight or overfat. So we just want people to come in and move as a fitness professional. That's what we speak out in general. We're not trying to to get people to come in and beat themselves up. We are trying to get people to come in and do what they can, not what they can. And Pete, uh, to piggyback on what you're saying as far as the assumptions for baking, I mean, you know, unbeknownst to me, is, you know, as I started saying it, is basically referencing, you know, with, without sitting down to write a case study, I'm just referencing my experience with all the clients that I do quantify their outcomes, be them, um, you know, their increase in strength or endurance or their body composition. Uh, and I also have conversations with those people on, uh, I don't get into too much detail with the nutrition. I do refer out to a registered dietitian, um, but I do have conversations with them on their sleep quality. I have a general understanding of their, you know, their macro-stream profile. Um, but when I start to see that plateau, especially when I have a reference point for, you know, the pace that they're moving at as far as, you know, you know the increase in load or, you know, wh- wh- how their body composition was changing, you know, it, it's almost... Uh, it's almost a guarantee once we see the needle stop moving or going back in the other direction, I'm starting to see 
non-compliance with some of the things we talked about as far as taking a rest day, uh, you know, making sure to pay more attention to their sleep quality and to their nutrition because all those things do add up into overtraining. It's not, it's not just pushing yourself too hard on the floor. That, that is very much a part of it. Uh, but like I said earlier, it's what are you bookending those sessions with? Because you could have a, a moderate um, to, to high-level intensity programs um, and still overtrain if you're not creating the environment for healing, if you're not sticking to the basic principles we've always known, which is, you know, eat right, drink a lot of water, and sleep. Um, you know, if, if that comprehension isn't there, then the, the potential for overtraining is, is just as likely if the people aren't killing themselves on the floor. So, you know, when I see that needle start to stall out and go in the opposite direction, um, almost every single time with all the clients I've worked with, you know, one of those variables is out of play and, and sometimes playing more of a contributing factor to their overtraining than others. Oh, fair point, and, and you're right. You know, I shouldn't just generalize and say, no, you don't collect data, because you're absolutely right. You collect data with every individual client you work with. I was just kind of generalizing our observations about the overall well, yeah. industry. Sure. Now, sure. Let me ask you, well, let me ask you this. What is the more popular? You mentioned infrared sauna. You, you talk about the sleep pod, and I, I know this, you said Normatec no, are the cuffs, but what are your most popular? Like, what's the go-to that a lot of people like using? And I'm sure it varies for different reasons, but what tends to be the more popular recovery techniques that you guys offer? I have what's called a big three. And in the big three, the one that we talked about, which is Newcom, which is the restorative sleep treatment. It's a, uh, initially, it was designed for people with acute PTSD to help people with, uh, with these types of, of psychological stresses. And then, interestingly, it started being used in dentist offices because people have so much stress and anxiety going to the dentist that dentists started using it so they could get people in the door and stop stressing out. Uh, we are one of the only few places in this, uh, in that has it that's commercial. So if you want to use Newcom, you'd have to go in and for a cleaning as well. So now you can actually use it commercially at our facility. So that's one. The second one would be the infrared saunas, which I've been uh, the entire podcast in an infrared sauna the entire time. <laughs> talking that's to awesome. So I'm enjoying it. I am sweating right through my AirPods. So, <laughs> um, and, and it's one of those things that benefits the body in so many different ways from the infrared light, which is highly beneficial. And when Aaron first suggested, uh, hey, Rick, let's get infrared saunas, I thought he was just doing it because he thought it would sell. And I said, pump the brakes, brother. We're going to find out what the research is behind infrared light before we go and start doing things that people, that we could sell, but they don't have any um, validity to. I came back the next day and I said, let's buy as many as we can fit in the place. <laughs> so we, we've got some good research on infrared light. Not just that, but something that's recently come out that we're familiarized with is something called a heat shock protein. And that's when you go into a hotter environment in a sudden change, it actually creates a heat shock protein uh, and it starts to facilitate um, um, synthesis and repair of uh, muscles via this heat shock protein. So uh, we would always say, that the heat actually is not as important, and it's not. I think the healing benefits of the light is far more important than the heat, but now we're, we're learning more about the heat shock protein and the benefits that you can get from you going into a sauna that doesn't have infrared light. But why, why skip when you can have both? Um, and then the last one, which I'll let Aaron talk to in just a moment, which is uh, our number three in our big three, it's called CVAC. 
But go ahead and ask your question, and then we'll let Aaron jump into this. No, no. What is what's number three? What is what is CVAC? What is that? So CVAC is an atmospheric conditioner. Uh, the acronym stands for Cyclic Variations in Adaptive Conditioning. So essentially, you sit in a pod, it's airtight, and then it fluctuates atmospheric pressure. Uh, so my numbers might be off on this, and but Rick can definitely fill in the blanks. But I know that at 72 degrees at sea level, uh, I believe there's 16 pounds per screen. 15, I told you. Yeah. 15 pounds per square inch of atmospheric pressure acting upon us at all times. Now, when you enter the CVAC, um, it fluctuates atmospheric pressure. So if we think about any wellness or recovery tool, be them foam rollers or massage or the pneumatic compression, those are all tools that increase pressure on our, on our system and on ourselves. CVAC is the only tool that removes atmospheric pressure. So it, it, it takes atmospheric pressure and thus uh, oxygen content off, and then it reapplies it. So what that's doing is essentially creating a cellular massage. So it flushes all the metabolic waste out of your cells. It propagates mitochondrial biogenesis. Uh, to go back to what I was referencing as far as, uh, you know, how much atmospheric pressure is at sea level, um, in due time, after we spent several weeks in there, um, I, I myself am there and a few other people at the facility, the highest setting uh, replicates the same atmospheric pressure as being at 23,000 feet above sea level, which is approximately 4 pounds per square inch. So oh, wow. if you think you're moving almost 11 pounds per square inch uh, of atmospheric pressure off your body, but then reapplying it. So it's not just the reduction in atmospheric pressure. It's not just the hypoxic state when you're at that elevation. It's the fluctuations and the effect that those have on the cells. And um, there's been a lot of really, really interesting and exciting uh, research that's come out. So the athletes uh, that come to us, and we have professional Ironman athletes, NBA players, uh, UFC fighters. Um, there's two research studies uh, that both came to the same conclusion, one of them, University of Stanford, the other one, University of Hawaii, um, that wanted to measure the effects on VO2 max and VO2 max and SAO2 max. Um, they took elite-level athletes, uh, and for approximately eight weeks, they were not allowed to, to exercise. They weren't training. Um, there was a placebo group uh, and control group. Um, the athletes that were using the CVAC, the average increase in VO2 max was 5.7%. Wow. And the average increase in SAO2 max was 9%. That was the average. Some of them were getting 6, 7, 8% increase in VO2 max. And these are elite level athletes. So, uh, CVAC, I, I had already touched on its ability to flush metabolic waste out of the cells, but it also um, circulates lymphatic fluid for immune function. Um, it circulates the glymphatic site, uh, circulation or, or cerebral spinal fluid, so it flushes metabolic waste out of your brain, um, including advanced glycation end products. So it's good for sleep quality. It's good for cognition. For athletes that have the potential for head trauma, so post-concussion syndrome, um, when cytoplasm leaks out of the cells because of the way that it, it circulates cerebral spinal fluid is good for flushing those waste products out as well. Um, and then Rick can touch on the two other really exciting uh, research studies that came out for, for our non-athletes because the facility that we've opened, and we open with this, is this isn't a place just for athletes. Uh, we want it to be open to everybody, and uh, some of the other research on feedback is pretty incredible. 
Yeah, well, so no. there's another research study that talks about um, insulin dependent, uh, not insulin dependent, but um, um, people with um, type 2 diabetes or what they would call pre-diabetic. So A1Cs are just below 7. And uh, they showed a, an increase in insulin sensitivity in these pre-diabetic men. Um, and so that was really good. And then there was another study that was done in your neck of the woods. So uh, the University of San Diego in California does a lot of pain research. And so they had people that had severe pain through a disease called um, Delarosis larosa, which are fatty pockets that grow uh, under the skin that are extremely painful. So uh, there are some people that grow the fatty pockets, but they don't have the extreme pain that go along with it. So they gave them three different scales for the pain indexes, and everybody came back after the study was done. And what was interesting is they only did 40 minutes a day for five days. So it wasn't twice a week for eight weeks. It was five days in a row for 40 minutes, and they came back in significant decreases in every single pain scale across the board that it, they don't hurt as much. So for us to find out, like, it increases your performance, it can decrease systemic pain, uh, it can increase insulin sensitivity, it increases oxygen saturation in the blood, and so one of the things that they're just assuming is that there is some type of um, mitochondrial biogenesis that is happening and taking place that's leading to the responses that's causing the body to react in this way. And for listeners, one of the reasons why that's so important is the mitochondria are what responsible for kind of metabolizing and using oxygen in the body. And if you improve mitochondrial health, you improve overall cellular health. Now, we're getting ready to wrap right. up, but one of the things that, that strikes me is that one consistent theme, and I want to ask you about some non-high-tech recovery things, but one consistent theme of recovery seems to be force, force application, because force creates cellular change. We apply force to the cells in the body, it changes, it creates a chemical change and creates a structural change. So when we lift a weight, we're creating change to the, the, the muscle cells. But you're talking about that feedback, Aaron, and I'm thinking the pressure, just the gradient pressure of going from 22 to 4 or whatever the different pressure changes are, are just a different way of applying force to the cells, you know, a different way of manipulating the application of force. Exactly. exactly. Now, what are, your, what are some of your favorite, just your personal favorite low tech? For listeners, it would be awesome, and I know there are football players that sleep in hyperbaric chambers that pump out their oxygen or reduce, you know, whatever, that, that help them recover quicker. That's awesome if you have an unlimited bank account. But what are just a couple? What are, what are one or two of your favorite non-high-tech recovery strategies that you might use with uh, with clients, or that somebody listening to this to go, wow, okay, I can do this right away, right now. Uh, Rick, Rick, Rick's gonna hate this one, but uh, one one of my favorite, and this is part of my daily practice. No, oh, no. Yeah. Cold, cold shower therapy in the morning. That's it. Oh, oh poor Kay. I'll let you have that one. Easily one of my favorites. Yeah, just as far as, um, uh, you know, mitigation of, of the cortisol response, um, you, know, inf you know, systemic inflammation. Um, it's just a really easy, well, I guess the easy is up, you know, eye of the beholder. Um, it is a easily accessible. It's easily accessible yeah. and it's cheap. I guess the price of admission is just your comfort level. Mm -hmm. uh, but that is, you know, that is definitely something that people can and and should do. Uh, I think daily. Um, and as far as timing on that, I've also read um, a couple of pieces of information indicating that. Um, 
for people that have a hard time sleeping, um, doing a you know 30 to 60 uh, second cold blast, about an hour to 90 minutes before bed to uh, to, to lower the core temperature of the body, um, also has a bit of benefit. So. You know, for people that, that may have a, a slight issue with their sleeping, that may also be something that uh, is a an accessible and cheap way to help mitigate some of those stressors. I think one of the issues is for the people that who actually can go to sleep, go to sleep. Like, get your sleep in. That's a huge problem uh, society-wide with us in the States is that we... Um, I think it's almost like what Aaron was talking about before. It's like a badge of honor when you say, oh, I only got four hours of sleep last night. I came in here and I, I did this and I only got this much sleep. And you know, some, some people really do struggle with the ability to go to sleep. And the last thing they want to hear is how you decided not to. So why would you pass like the trainer who was like, it's taken me so much work to actually gain weight. I'm like, none of your clients want to hear that. Exactly. So if you if you're not sleeping, schedule your sleep. It's the best form of recovery. If you're looking for weight loss, there's so much good research now that actually shows that those people who increase their sleep lose weight better. So get your sleep done. And for people that are having a hard time sleeping, I mean, we'll start with the people that, that are choosing not to sleep. You know, the people that show up in the badge of honor for, you know, what they did with, with only four hours of sleep. The question is, what could you have done if you did budget more time? It's not what did you do, it's what could you have done. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but for people that are having a hard time sleeping, some, some easy things to really check in with, um, Blue light exposure prior to prior to bed. You know, if you, if you're if you have to get on the computer, um, you know, at least uh, get get the or settings. Phone, mostly. Um, you know, get the settings so that the blue lights removed. Um, unfortunately, it's, it's nearly impossible in today's day and age to not be constantly overwhelmed with it from your cable box to the light on the microwave. I mean, that's all blue light, and that's going to adversely affect your sleep. So if you're having a hard time, get yourself a, a pair of blue light blocking glasses um, and also watch how, how close to, to bedtime you're eating. I mean, if you're having a hard time sleeping, experiment with, you know, having your last meal two to three hours before bedtime so that your, your system isn't working to try to digest that food. Uh, just watch the blue light exposure. And then there's simple things to add to it, like man, stretch, foam roll, percussion therapy with things like the hyperbolt, the vibrating foam rollers, go get a massage, go check your on your body, let somebody assess you, check you out, find out what's going on, go to the doctor for good mistakes and do checkups. Yeah, that's, you're right. That's, that's all. It sounds like basic information, but that's all extremely important. I mean, that if people don't realize how much of a difference that can make, not just in overall fitness, but just in feeling better, in reducing just overall stress load. Sorry about that, Aaron. Go ahead. Um, well, Rick can definitely speak to, to this more than I am. So I'll, I'll touch on my tip and then Rick can, because I've heard him reference it before. But, you know, for people that do have a nine to five or if you're sitting at your desk for extended periods of time, and, and I do this when I have to sit down and write content, um, I have the capacity to set a 20-minute uh, timer, but at the very least, once per hour, get up, stand up, move around for two to three minutes, you know, maybe do a couple of air squats. Um, but, but there was some research that was indicating for people that are sitting down for more than two-hour stretches, um, are, are their mortality rate is, is just as adversely affected as people, uh, or at least people that are still exercising, that there really wasn't any um, benefit 
answers to that is if they are in a chronically heated position. So, Rick, I don't know if you want to pick up the pick up the slack on that story, but you know, what? I know what you're talking about, but because I don't know what the numbers are exactly, I feel bad pointing it out. But let's just suffice to say exactly what you mentioned, which was get up. And I don't, I don't, I don't want to quote incorrect numbers. I'd rather just say the research is there that if you're sitting down for prolonged periods of time, stop it. <laughs> one of the things that happened is, is LPL, uh, lipoprotein lipase, is an enzyme that helps metabolize fat for energy. And if you sit for too long for extended periods of time, and again, I'll, I'll go with Rick, I don't know the exact numbers, but if you sit for an extended period of time, your levels of LPL, lipoprotein lipase, go down. So your body's not going to be as efficient at metabolizing at, at breaking down at fatty acid oxidation for fuel. Just, there are all these little things. I'll talk a little bit about You just sounded so smart right there. Oh, my goodness. I'm exciting. Oh, uh, that's, that's, a, that's the benefit of having a uh, photographic memory when you do a lot of writing, which is why I started doing a lot of writing is um, it just helps me, helps me learn this stuff and apply it. Now, here, here. as we get ready to wrap up, what, what have you learned? What's been the biggest surprise about doing your podcast? Because we both have been doing mine kind of off and on, and I've been on a little hiatus lately. Um, you just have been focused on other things. I'm getting back to it. What's been, with the Omnia Fitness Podcast, what are you loving about it? I mean, what, what's been the kind of big surprise about becoming, about adding this to your career besides all the other things you guys are doing? Well, the reason we started is because Aaron and I have both been in the industry for a while. And when you work in the industry for a while, you the, the only reason we've been in it for this long and didn't quit so we could go sell insurance somewhere is because something inspires us. It inspires us more than the people who worked as a trainer for six months and then the people on average who are veteran trainers tap out at about two years. So if we're putting in nearly 20 years each, then what happened to us that, that we stayed in it rather than getting out at that six-month mark, at that one-year mark? So we just kind of picked people that interest us to talk about what they do and relate it back to us. So to to bottom line it, which is what's been fun about listening to your podcast, you get to talk to really cool people. We get to talk to some really cool people, and they all have a story, and that story takes us farther into our interest of what keeps us going. Yeah, so I I, I feel the exact same way. What I'm really most attracted to about my time spent in the Everlast studio is, you know, who we have on as guests. And even when it's just Rick and I, I, I love being able to have the conversation we do, but how much I've grown since day one in my communication skills and some of the research I've had to do, you know, to be able to have some clear dialogue with some of our guests. I'm just learning all the time. And going back to what Rick said, I think that you know, one of the reasons why we're outliers in this industry with, with over 20 years experience with, with two being the benchmark for a veteran is I'm obsessed and in love with the notion of learning and growth. The two aren't synonymous. Um, being in a situation where, where I have to be able to be present and respond in the growth that I've had and the people that I'm growing from, from their inspiration and the things that I'm learning from them, it's just fueling the engine that's gotten me as far as I have in my career as a fitness professional. So it's just another means for me to, to draw energy and to grow from people that I admire, uh, people that I want to sit down and have conversations with. So that's, that's been a, an incredible takeaway for me. 
Well, that's always the fun thing, right? Is just being able to have that geek out session and have that and have those conversations with people. You know, I mean, for me, you guys, I mean, you know this, Rick. I mean, when we were trainers coming up in the 2000s, you know, Paul Sheck and, and Juan Carlos Santana were two guys oh, yeah. that I I mean, we both, you and I both studied a lot of their material. And to be able to have conversations with them and to be able to, to talk and in depth, and yeah, I forget what episodes they are, I'll make that, that reference. But to have that kind of in-depth conversation has really been, it's been fun. I mean, that's why I look at this as like, I, it'd be nice to, to make money podcasting and whatever. I'm not worried about that. That's not my concern. My, to what you guys are saying, it's just, I want to make sure we get good, and you guys are doing that, get good information out there that's not BS, that's not crap. And there might be a little bias because somebody's coming in it from a point of view, but I think you guys do a good job you know, of at least identifying that to say, hey, this person might be promoting this product or whatever, but it's based on real evidence. It's based on understanding that this does a real thing, like that, that pod you're talking about with the atmospheric pressure change. You know, you guys are basing it on real evidence. Now, one thing that to say about social media, and we, we talked about this last time, but um, wrapping up here, Rick, I love your post with your family as the Incredibles. For people, you know, Rick, has, Rick has a family. For Halloween, he and his family went as the Incredibles, and you guys nailed it because you guys did it perfectly. I just wish, you know, and I, I left you a message, but I wish you had done the same. I, you'd worn the, the costumes for Thanksgiving because that would have been awesome. You guys had an awesome. You guys had a gorgeous family picture on it. You know, we would have really bought into that incredible if we were still wearing it for Thanksgiving. Well, it, it, it was fun. It would have just been, I mean, come on, Thanksgiving's only a few weeks after it came quick this year. Oh, my kids would have totally dug it, dude. Dude, it would have, that, that shot was such a good shot of the Thanksgiving yeah. in your family. Beautiful family and it's just, I was like oh man that would kill oh, if you guys were wearing man. if you guys still had the Incredibles outfit on so how can people follow you guys what's your social media how can if people are in Manhattan or coming to Manhattan and they want to they want to experience what Recover has to offer go ahead and throw out your contact points out there yeah you can find us on Instagram at at Recover NYC you can find me at RF as in Frank Richie uh, on Instagram and uh, Aaron, where are you at, bud? Yeah, so I'm uh, at Aaron A A R O N underscore Drogo D R O G O, uh, and you can find uh, our podcast. And we, that we were very fortunate to have uh, Mr. Pete McCall on. That's the Omni Fitness Podcast, and we do have uh, an Instagram account for that as well at Omni Fitness Podcast. Well, that sounds. I right, guys, I'm gonna be there in, in two months. I'm gonna be in, in New York in uh, in Manhattan in uh, February, and I think I'm gonna have to come in studio or come in live. Here's oh, you know what we should do? Well, Here's what. Hey, hey, let's do this uh, because I I listen to you and Brandon and Mark Cornell and Amy Dixon and Doris. I I listened to that podcast just this week, and I thought, man, I love that. We should do a round table. Like, let's get you know me yeah. me you Aaron. Let's bring some of the old posse in that we used to teach with, and and let's just do a round table and 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 get everybody on board. Done, and we'll be there. I'll be there for the SCW Fitness event, so I'll grab. So done. Yeah, I'll, I'll find out if who who might, who might be there, and and we'll make that happen, and make that, and get that going on. All right, guys. Well, I want to say thank you very much for what you're doing. I mean, I dig listening to your show. You guys are doing some killer stuff, and I love the fact that you're disrupting the New York fitness scene with with your Recover Studio. So well done, guys. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Pete. Come on, my friend. We'll catch up soon. Well, hopefully you can tell the mutual respect 
that we all have for each other. Obviously, you can. You know, I, I consider, even though we don't work closely together anymore, he lives in Manhattan, I live in, in San Diego. I do see Rick a number of times throughout the year. And I, you know, I've only met Aaron via these conversations, but I'm looking forward to seeing him. And I will be seeing them before too long in New York. And we are, we are going to try to schedule a podcast where we get a bunch of us, a bunch of us high-level fitness pros in the room together. So we're still working on the guest list for that. We're still uh, putting that together. But if you enjoy listening to all about fitness and you want to learn more about exercise, here's my pitch. Pick up a copy of my book, Smarter Workouts, The Science of Exercise Made Simple. There'll be a link below in the show notes. I've been training and educating for personal trainers for a number of years. And Smarter Workouts takes all the information I've been teaching to personal trainers, but I put it in a format that's easy for you to understand and even better, easier to apply. Smarter Workouts, The Science of Exercise Made Simple. That's my book. Check it out below. It's going to be the the links in the show notes. I really look forward to having you uh, check it out. This is such a cool conversation because it is the most important aspect of fitness, right? You can beat yourself up in the gym. You can train as hard as you want. That's one side of the equation. What you do afterwards, what you do after the exercise is what makes a difference for how the body adapts. And it really was. I can't tell you how much of an honor it was, and I mean it, that Rick used my content, used a blog I wrote to help get the funding for the studio. And if you're listening, I, I just want to say thank you. If you've read my stuff, if you consume my stuff, my content, thank you for taking the time to read that. And I mean that sincerely. You know, I put this stuff together in a vacuum. I talk about it a little on the podcast. I don't know if anybody's reading it and consuming it, how they're using it. So when somebody tells me that they've read something I wrote or they applied it, to me, that's like the greatest honor in the world. So thank you. If you guys listen to my stuff or read my stuff, and I'm going to have a couple blogs below down in the show notes about recovery. Because you can do, recovery can be very complicated. You can do an infrared sauna. You can do Normatec cuffs for blood pressure return, for venous return. Or recovery can just be simple. Take a day off. Get some extra sleep. If you're feeling drained from exercise, take one or two days off of working out. Don't go in the gym. Go for a long walk. You know, exercise can build up physiological stress or phys- mental stress as well as physiological stress. Let me restate that. Exercise can build up mental, psychological stress as well as physiological stress. And if you're beating yourself up, if you're pushing hard, if you're really working hard in the gym but not seeing any gains and feel like you're actually getting weaker – then take a few days off because your body is overtrained. You're under-recovered. So one of the best forms of recovery, one of the best forms of recovery you can do, Todd Wright, the strength coach of the Philadelphia 76ers, I guess a few episodes, sleep. Sleep is what coaches want their athletes to have at the professional level. So why not dial it down to your level of fitness? If you're looking for gains, if you're looking to get results, Take a look at your sleep habits. I am looking, I'm looking for guests or two right now that I can have on to talk about the power of sleep, but a lot of my guests have referred to it. So check out the blogs below in the show notes on recovery. Check out my book, Smarter Workouts, I have Science of Exercise Made Simple. I have a whole section in there on recovery as well as other types of training. And if you're ever in Manhattan, go to recover. Check it out. Do one or two sessions with these guys. Learn what the recovery side of fitness is all about. Aaron, Rick, thank you so much for your time. I love what you guys are doing. I am looking forward to catching up with you soon. And for all you listeners out there, thank you for taking the team to stop by. It really is an honor to have you join me for this episode of All About Fitness. And I look forward to having you tune in for future episodes. If you want to contact me, Pete at PeteMcCallFitness.com. That's Pete at PeteMcCallFitness.com. Or you can find me on Instagram, PeteMcCallFitness. That's Pete McCall underscore fitness on Instagram. Thanks for tuning in and look forward to having you stop by for future episodes.